Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Family Law Talk. Family Law Talk. Presented by Kirk Stangy of Stangy Law Firm, PC, with offices in the Midwest. Stangy Law Firm is a family law firm. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stangy. Welcome to Family Law Talk. We have an interesting topic today. The title of the episode today is Average Cost of Divorce Versus a Wedding. And this is based on an article on FamilyLawHeadquarters.com, and the title of that article is Average Cost of Divorce Roughly Equals the Average Cost of a Wedding. So as a follow-up to the episode today, you can go on over to FamilyLawHeadquarters.com. The date of the article is actually yesterday. And if you're on BlogTalkRadio.com, you can also click the hyperlink to the article, uh, which is right under uh, the podcast here today. So you can just click on that link, and it'll take you right on over to Uh, com. Uh, All right, so let's go ahead and jump on into the topic itself. Well, lots of folks uh, wonder about the average cost of divorce. Uh, It's one of the most common questions. Lots of folks who are either going through a divorce or about to go through a divorce ask, and obviously the question makes sense. Uh, Folks want to know what the cost will be. Uh, For some folks, uh, the divorce itself might be out of the blue. So it's not a situation where they were uh, planning for this or saving for this. So the cost issue can be a big concern. Um, In in saying that, um, uh, obviously any divorce is going to cost different amounts. And and, and the reason for that is most divorce lawyers out there bill hourly. uh, And so the longer the case, the more complex it is, the more it can cost. Uh, and then the shorter, more simple the case can be, the less uh, it could cost as a whole. So this cost question, uh, the estimate question, uh, it's really an impossible question for any attorney to really answer uh, because every case is dramatically, dramatically different. But here is an analogy which I think uh, lots of folks just sort of forget about, and they don't, they don't keep this in mind when they're about to go through divorce. And in some ways, by not keeping this in mind, uh, sometimes their expectations can be off. In other words, they might have uh, expectations that just are not realistic. So go back to the wedding, right? When folks get married, uh, folks spend lots of money uh, on weddings themselves. Uh, we did some research on this, and there's actually a link uh, in the article we have itself that if you're at FamilyLawHeadquarters.com and you click on the link, you'll see a figure. And what the figure is is the average cost of a wedding uh, nationwide. And again, this is difficult as well because, right, uh, some weddings are quite large. Uh, lots of people are invited. Uh, the food, the facility, uh, the entertainment, sometimes it can be more elaborate uh, than other weddings, right? Uh, some weddings might be simpler. Less people might be invited. Uh, the entertainment, the food, the facility, it might be less elaborate. And so some of these weddings could cost a lot less as well, right? So when you're looking at wedding cost, there's just no question that there's going to be, right, the spectrum of uh, very expensive weddings where folks spend a lot of money, and then you have these weddings, right, uh, where maybe the folks are on a tight budget, they didn't spend a whole lot of money, some folks even elope uh, to get married as well, right, or they do a destination-type wedding, uh, perhaps, and so there's a lot of different variants, but in taking uh, the most uh, elaborate weddings, Uh, the most expensive weddings, uh, where there are lots of guests, uh, there's a lot of entertainment, uh, the facilities are top-notch, and really averaging that against 
uh, a wedding um, that is less expensive, less elaborate, less people are there, right? The entertainment is less. Uh, and averaging all of that together, uh, the average cost of a wedding nationwide is $35,000, according to uh, one article that we cite uh, in our article on familylawheadquarters.com. So $35,000, which means some folks, when you get to that average, are going to spend quite a bit more than 35000 right? So some people might even spend double that, right? On the other hand, some folks uh, might spend less than that, right? It's a simpler wedding. It's a smaller wedding. Uh, but in averaging it, the very expensive weddings with the more simple weddings, $35,000. And, and really in this day and age, right, I think to most folks, that's still a significant amount of money, you know, $35,000 to get to get married. And, and, again, folks wonder, well, how can a wedding be so expensive? Well, uh, listen, you've got the facilities themselves. Uh, again, there's the food. Uh, there's, there's entertainment uh, that is there. Uh, uh, that is ultimately right going to be paid for uh, in most circumstances. Uh, I mean, you've got all these ancillary costs, and, and it's quite expensive for folks to get married, right? Folks even, right, they pay for a photographer to come in most instances. Uh, those individuals get paid uh, a sum uh, to do that, right? You've got to pay in some instances, not always, but sometimes there's payment made to the person who's officiating the wedding, um, and again, $35,000 is sort of average figure, right? So now fast forward to divorce. And so let's say there's a $35,000 wedding, uh, but this marriage later breaks down in divorce. And the question is, is how does the cost compare, right? And lots of folks, uh, I think, believe that the cost of a divorce should be way cheaper than the cost of the wedding, that's a viewpoint a lot of people have for whatever reason. And I know that, you know, just sort of firsthand uh, through having lots of uh, divorce clients through the years. And I think if you look at a lot of uh, discourse out there, uh, I, I think a lot of folks are looking for this sort of cheap and simple divorce. Uh, and, and so the expectations are that the divorce way cheaper than the wedding itself. And so the question is, is, is that expectation, if somebody has that expectation, is that realistic? Is it really realistic to think that the, the divorce itself is going to be uh, cheaper, significantly cheaper than the wedding? I mean, is it, is it, does it really make sense that it should cost less uh, to get out of the marriage than, than it costs to get into the marriage? And, and if so, why? Um, you know, why is that and why do folks think that? Well, to explain the divorce process is, is very difficult. I mean, even being an attorney divorcing countless individuals through the years, it's hard to explain the process. And obviously, every divorce uh, can be dramatically different. And in a lot of ways, this is exactly like uh, the wedding, right? Some divorces, like the simple weddings, are simple, right? They're simple. They're uncontested. Uh, the parties are able to reach an agreement. Uh, maybe there are not a lot of assets. Uh, maybe there aren't kids, right? Or maybe the folks are just really agreeable and they're able to enter an agreement on everything. Having said that, though, this is difficult, and, and lots of folks ask, well, why? Well, to get divorced, parties have to agree on a division of all their marital property and debt. So if there's a home, if there's cars, if there's bank accounts, if there's retirement accounts, right, if there's investment assets, I mean, you name it, Parties have to agree on how they're dividing all of that. 
um, if there's kids involved, the parties not only have to agree on different terms like joint or sole custody, uh, some states call it uh, allocation of parental responsibilities, right, or parenting time, right? So you can you can get into these terms, but past the terms, you've got to get into the days of the week, the times, the holidays, the summer schedule, and, and, and parties have to agree on all of that. Uh, if, if there's kids and child support has to be agreed upon and determined, uh, sometimes spousal maintenance, also known as alimony, uh, is an issue in some cases. Parties either have to agree that there will be none or they have to agree on an amount to be paid and then for how long. And then there's attorney fees. So does, does each party pay their own fees or is the cost divided somehow, right? So even in these simple cases, these cases that appear to a lot of folks simple on the surface, where both parties actually want the divorce, it's really not as simple as a lot of folks think because, because there has to be 100% agreement on all these different issues. And for some parties, they might agree on 70, 80, 90% of it but there's 10, 20, 30% they don't agree on. And because of that, right, what they thought was an uncontested case is really, right, at the end of the day, proceedings in court that are going to have to be litigated for the court to decide how these remaining issues are going to be resolved, right? Uh, and so, again, some of the simple cases to, in the eyes of some people, not so simple because there's not complete agreement. And then for other parties, <clears throat> they might have wide disagreement, right? There's some parties going through divorce who don't agree on much out of the gates, right? And that makes sense in a lot of respects because if parties were able to compromise on decisions, uh, they might not be getting divorced in the first place. And so some parties, right, there just isn't much agreement. Property and debt, child custody, child support, spousal support, attorney fees, you name it, there's wide disagreement. And in these cases, uh, the judge ultimately has to decide. But the problem is there's high divorce rates in this country. Uh, four out of ten uh, children are born out of wedlock. Uh, and in, in, in a lot of areas of, in the country, in a lot of jurisdictions, not a, a lot of family court judges available to hear these cases. There's only 365 days in a year, and courts are closed on weekends and holidays. And, of course, you know, judges uh, take vacation time. They get sick just like any other human being, and sometimes – uh, they're not able to come to court. I mean, you name it. And so these cases can take a long time. And then, of course, for attorneys to get prepared for court, attorneys have to do discovery. In other words, get the appropriate information uh, uh, in order to even adequately put the case before a judge, right? So some cases, very, very complex. And so this gets us back to the to really the original question, which is if the average wedding is 35000 what is the average cost of divorce? And again, every case is different, just like the wedding. Um, some parties will spend dramatically more than this amount, right? Dramatically more, because it's a really highly contested case. Uh, some parties will spend less, because this is uh, uh, maybe an easier case where the parties are able to, to reach an agreement. But according to one article we looked at, and again, you can look at different articles, and sometimes different articles have slightly different numbers. But according to one article we looked at, it's 15000 per party is the average cost of divorce, right? So for both parties, if each party spends 15000 the fees would be $30,000 to get divorced. Now, 35000 for a wedding, 30000 for a divorce, at least according to the comparison we made, right, $5,000 cheaper uh, to get divorced and married. But again, the, the cost is very, very close, uh, roughly equal. And if you look at different statistics and articles out there, right, 
I think this is sort of generally the case. So in a, in a practical sense, I think for parties, uh, when they're going through divorce and they want to know what the cost is going to be, obviously, right, there can be great differences in terms of whether the case is contested, whether it's uncontested, right? The more issues that are out there, uh, the more it can cost. Uh, the less agreement there is, the more it can cost. But in a very general sense for a lot of parties, it might not be bad to go back and look at how much the wedding costs. And for some folks, a good answer to the cost question might be that it might cost a similar sum to the cost of the wedding itself. And again, I know that's shocking to a lot of folks. A lot of folks just don't want to believe that that could possibly be the case. Um, Because practically speaking, right, I mean, I think a lot of individuals would agree that it's easier emotionally to spend money on something joyous like a wedding versus something unjoyous like a divorce, right? In other words, if you're enjoying something, if it's something you want to do, if it's something you're looking forward to, right, it's easier to spend that money. But if you're going through something you don't want to be going through, uh, it's not joyous, it's not fun, uh, it's not something or you know you want or a place uh, you wish you never gotten to. Then it's harder to spend uh, the money uh, versus comparing it to something that's joyous, right? But at the end of the day, again, in terms of trying to have a rough estimation about the cost of divorce, for a lot of folks, look at the cost of the wedding. And if you look at the cost of the wedding, that might give you a potential clue in terms of how much approximately, in a very general sense, a divorce might take. So again, as a follow-up to the episode today, go on over to familylawheadquarters.com, check out the article titled, Average Cost of Divorce Roughly Equals the Average Cost of a Wedding. Well, thanks for tuning in today. Stay tuned to our next episode coming up on Family Law Talk. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stangey. Visit StangyLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stangy Law Firm to work for your family today. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri or Illinois reviews or approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The information you obtain on this podcast is not, nor is it intended to be legal advice. You should contact an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established. And finally, past results afford no guarantee of future results, and every case is different and must be judged on its own merits. Kirk Stang is responsible for the content. Principal Place of Business, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450, Clayton, Missouri, 63105.